Father, thank you for the chance to worship you today. God, you give us a chance all the time, but thank you for the, uh, the opportunity and the, the chance that we've taken today to worship you, God, just to open our hearts and, and our mouths and lift our voices to you, Father. We believe in you, God, and I pray for each one of us, wherever we're at, that we take that next step in our belief this morning, God, a step towards you today. Uh, thank you for being so available to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, you can be seated if you haven't already. Well, good morning to you. It's great to see you this morning. It's been a, um, it's been a, a busy week for me, but a wonderful week, and uh, I'm looking forward to this morning, the rest of our time together. We're continuing in a series here that we've been uh, in uh, the last few months, uh, looking at the things that the Bible tells us to do for one another uh, in a positive way, to love each other, encourage each other, forgive each other, bear with each other, er, bear with one another. And uh, our theme verse tells us uh, Romans in, in Romans 12:5, we are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. And again, this is talking about believers in Jesus, and so that's kind of our framework. Everything we do impacts those around us, so it's really important what we do and we say, what we say, and how we treat each other, especially for those of us who are followers of Jesus Christ. So today we're going to be looking at this concept of being a servant, and uh, a few weeks ago I had a chance to speak about bearing with one another, and we talked about the bears, and uh, bearing with one another in gentleness and humility and patience, and just true confessions, I was able to share with you that morning that that was not the highest area of my strength. That's a nice way to put that. This, that this was something that I was working on, and I'm, I'm happy to say that God continues to work in me. I'm getting better at it slowly as I allow the Holy Spirit to build those things in me. It's not because God is slow. It's because I'm a little slow and stubborn sometimes, right? I don't know if you can relate to that, but God is bringing those things about uh, in me as I allow him to, and I'm aware of it. So that's a, a good part of it is just awareness. Now, I share that this morning because I get to go two for two or O for two, depending upon how you look at this, because this morning we're talking about being a servant, and this is also not an area that I um, excel in naturally. I work hard at it. I know it's important, but uh, I just wanted to say again that this is something this week, as I've, as I've studied and prepared, that God has spoken to me a whole lot, and uh, hopefully he will then speak through me to you, but he's still speaking to me today. So some of you are kind of like, what's this pastor doing up front two times in a row talking about things that he is not good at? <laughs> you know, What in the world, what kind of church is this? Well, I guess we're a real place. And uh, that's really what this is about, is to be able to say, hey, God is bringing these things about in me, and he's doing that with all of us, and uh, I get a chance to, to find some of that today with you. And um, so my ears, even this morning as I speak, are definitely attentive to what the Lord wants to say to me. I'm becoming more aware of serving and the concept of service, so that's been a good thing. I want to take a look at our theme verse this morning as we learn together about serving, and Pastor Bobby read it earlier, but Galatians 5.13, and it says this, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh, rather serve one another, there's the one another, serve one another humbly in love, and there's that humble word again, right, tying to the few weeks ago when I spoke. Well, I see some things here that are pretty exciting in the beginning of this verse. Yes, we get to the serve and humble part later, but we look right at the beginning. I see right there, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. And I just want to stop and, and point out a couple of things. First of all, it says brothers and sisters, and this spells out who's talking, who, who's 
who's being spoken to here, who's being written to. This is to followers of Jesus Christ. And so I sometimes just want to clarify that we as a church are welcome everybody to come on in. Wherever you're at in your faith journey, you may be here saying, I'm not even sure I believe in God. And we are thrilled that you're here. Come join us wherever that you're at. We just want to make it clear, though, that a lot of the things in the Bible that are written about promises and wonderful things are written saying, God's saying, this is for those of you that believe. This is a gift that we've given to you. And so this is this. This is a case of this. You, my brothers and sisters, these are the family of Jesus Christ, those that have given control of their life to Jesus. And so this is being written really to those of you who've made that decision. And what is being written? You, my brothers and sisters, those of us who are followers of Jesus, you were called to be free. And I stop right there with this great word because that's one of the best words that you can bump into. You were called to be free. It's wonderful, this concept here. Uh, and it's on your outline, great news in Jesus, we are set free. And, and, and that right there is a huge truth. That's a woohoo, you know, my chains are gone. I've been set free. It's a song that we sing up here sometimes. Freedom is, is a, it's one of the greatest human desires there is, right? Do your freedom dance, whatever that looks like, okay? And uh, it's right there because... Because we see that in Jesus we're given freedom, and that's, that's freedom from the bondage of sin and freedom from guilt and shame and freedom from the addictions and compulsions that threaten to consume us, freedom even from death. We're talking about the big, big freedoms of life and the joy of being able to exhale and go, I'm free, I'm free. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you are set gloriously free, glorious free. My chains are gone. Uh, but here's the question. We are now free, and again in your outline, to do what? We're set free for what? For what reason? And to do what? We're set free not to do what we want, to please ourselves. That verse, our theme verse says, not to indulge our flesh. Although that's a temptation, isn't it? We're set free not to do what we want. We were previously in bondage to sin, and we had to please our flesh. We had to please ourselves, and now we're set free to step away from our flesh, to step away from the world, to step away from what pulls at us, our own desires, and to seek, uh, to, uh, and, seek and serve the desire instead of ourselves, but of others. We're able to do that. Okay, honestly, now, it says that in the verse, but let's just get real life here. Who in their right mind thinks that freedom means making yourself a servant to others? Oh, good. <laughs> I'm free so that I can serve you. That doesn't sound like freedom, does it? I mean, really, it doesn't. Who in their right mind does that? And in Jesus' day, when there were so many servants in that culture, just servants everywhere, you didn't have to be like the super wealthy person to have a couple of servants. It's almost like, you know, that was just permeated the society, the servants, the slaves, the bond servants, all those, all those concepts that were there. So this command must have seemed strange, like serve one another. Wait, that's what the servants are for. What are they going to do if I serve, right? You know, if I'm serving, the servants aren't going to get to serve. It must have been almost confusing for them. Who in their right mind thinks freedom means making yourself a servant to others? Um, Jesus. Jesus does. When he was here on earth in the form of man, he said, and we read it in multiple places, but in Matthew 20, it says, whoever would be great among you must be your servant. Again, he's turning the world upside down, isn't he? And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even, and he's talking about himself now, even as a son of man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus knew that, that we are all slaves and servants to something. 
And, and he himself came, the one who deserves all praise and glory and honor, as we just sang, and certainly service. And he says, but I didn't come to be served. I came to serve and to model that for you. Jesus knew that we're all slaves and servants to something, either ourselves, the flesh, our own flesh, the world, the devil, <laughs> or God and others. So choose who you will serve. Not will you serve. Today is really a matter of making ourselves aware that we choose who we're going to serve and when and how. The great leader of Israel in the Old Testament, Joshua, just a massive man of faith and a military leader as well as a spiritual leader, he knew this concept as well. And at 110 years old, shortly before he died, he stood before the people of Israel, really the whole nation, and made this statement of faith. Now, this verse, this, this verse and, uh, is not in your outline. It's not going to appear on the slides. If you want to jot the reference down, you can do that. Uh, Joshua 24, 15. Again, it won't appear on the screens, but Joshua 24, 15. Right at the end of his life, God calls him forward to speak to the nation of Israel that he has led to, to conquer the promised land, and his people are there. And he says this. But if serving the Lord, as he's spoken about this, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Whether, whether the gods your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you're living. And he simply says this, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. You choose, you choose, you choose today who you will serve. You're going to serve somebody for me and my house. We'll serve the Lord. And shortly thereafter, he passes away and gets to serve God in heaven. Joshua understood that everybody serves somebody. Choose who. And today, we'll also look at how and some of the nuances you will serve. Well, let's take a look at the main part of our outline and dive right into what does it mean to be a servant. I found that this concept of serving is so basic that many of us might say, gosh, this is, I, I get this. Maybe it's not so much teaching you today, although I think you'll learn some new things, and maybe it's a little bit more motivational to say, we know about serving. How come we don't do it more? Right? So God is calling me to a new level and new understanding. Being a servant means, there's a number of things on your outline, and we'll kind of zip through some of these. Being a servant means, first of all, be ready to serve. That first thing, and again on your outline, being a servant means be ready to serve. And I put here, be a reactive servant. And this is a positive thing. And by this, I mean, keep your eyes open for service opportunities. If you're going to serve, as that verse says in Galatians, to serve one another humbly in love, it means I got to be ready to serve. So when opportunities come, they arise around me. Some of them are big, some of them are small, but I want to be ready so I can take the opportunity. Have you ever thought about serving somebody in a, in a big or a small way? You know, if you had that opportunity, but you missed the chance and then regretted it, you know, you kind of passed by and, oh, that person could use some help. And then you, like, a couple minutes later, like, well, why? I wish, sure wish I'd, wish I'd done that. Has that ever happened to you? Like a lot? I know that's happened for me, that, that, that missed opportunity. It might have been something really small. Ah, someone else will do it. It might have been something really big. I don't have time. It's there before us. And, and that regret is, man, I could have helped that person. Why didn't I? Well, I said I struggle with the concepts of serving. The big things I often do fairly well with, it's the little ones, the more mundane ones that often I, I can kind of gloss over. I have a positive example of this, of being ready to serve as God is growing this in me. Just a little while back, a few, a couple weeks ago, um, I, I give you a positive story in the midst of some of my other ones here so you can know that I'm not totally out to lunch on all this. 
Uh, I'm getting off the freeway, Highway 49, going towards Nevada City, Gold Flat Road, and there's traffic backed up. It's busy time of day. I don't know, it's 4, 4, 35 o'clock. People are coming and going, whatever, and it's backed up. And what's going on up there? Well, as we're coming around, I have two sons with me, and boy, do they want to get home, you know. And, uh, but there's a woman right in front in the left lane, blinkers on flashers on. And uh, so I get a chance, you know, you get to pull off and I see she's got a phone. So that's the first thing you want to do. She, and I see people stopping and rolling down their window and talking to her. So your first thought is this is covered. She's in trouble. She's got a phone. She's calling help. She's calling AAA. People are stopping and offering to help. So I start to drive by and I pull over. It's one of those things like God says, mm, do it. Be ready to serve. I'm like, well, it doesn't cost me to get out and make sure. It's a, a, it looks to be a, a woman by herself. So I get out of the car and kind of do my best to get to her. Cars around, some people are honking and getting angry. And even while I'm speaking to her, people are pulling over and asking. So do you, are you okay? I'm out of gas or whatever. And, but, and, do you, and I have AAA and she has her phone and, and someone just then pulls up on a motorcycle and says, what, you need some gas? All right. And he pulls on. I'm thinking, there he goes. He's going to zip and get some gas. Well, Still didn't feel right, though. And then a guy in a, in a truck comes by. And, oh, you need some gas. And I'm like, do you, you have gas? It almost sounded like you had gas. And he turned left, too. And I'm like, well, is he turning around to come back with the gas? So continue to see. And she's kind of lost in her AAA. And she's having trouble dialing and having reception issues and whatever. And, and five minutes, ten minutes go by. My sons are in the car thinking, Dad's just going to check on her. And, uh, and I'm kind of like, she's in the way. Do we push her? But there's cars, and we're going to get run over. And, and long story short, gang, I end up... I mean, not a big deal. I get in the car, I drive down to the nearest service station and go to two places to actually borrow a gas can to fill up some gas to come back. And all of that time come back. No one had come back to help her. She's still sitting there. Traffic all over the place or whatever. A couple people had jumped out to try to push her across, which was just deadly. And I get a chance to pour some gas in and share with her briefly that I'm doing it because Jesus loves me and he asks me to love other people because there's a chance to do that, right? It would be easy just to say, ooh, yeah, you bet, knowing that I'm doing it because of Jesus. She needs to know it's because of Jesus. And I get to share that with her, but give her some gas, and then I get to not take the money that she offered to me. God said, don't take the money. You know, you just bought some gas. Big deal. This is a chance to help and serve. And I have no idea what that woman's life is like. She's local. Are you here today? And I share that because even my boys the whole time and finally were like, let's push her out of the way. Like, really, Dad? You know, this is kind of Dad being extreme or whatever. And, and I share this because I don't do this a whole lot. But here was one of those times because I was ready and I listened to God say, pull over. It would be so easy to assume that she was going to get help because everybody was asking. Ah, it's handled and I'm busy and get the boys home because I got places to go and things to do and all of that. What an opportunity there. Be ready to serve. And I would think for each one of us, you'll be more apt to serve if you get up in the morning and pray, Lord, help me serve like Jesus today, whenever and wherever possible. And it will not be possible to serve every single situation, every single person that I bump in today. It won't be. But God, where do you want me to serve? If I'm not ready to serve, I'm probably not going to do it at all. I know that's true for me. So, because you don't want to drive by and miss a chance to be Jesus for someone. Now, there's a big service thing, opportunity that took multiple, multiple minutes and cost a little time and energy and money and wherewithal and, you know, making all that happen. But it's the little things, folks. It's the small ones that we can grab a hold of. 
So that's being reactive. Secondly, being a servant means that you choose places and or people to serve. And this is being a proactive servant. That one's reactive. Something kind of pops up in front of you, whether it's a little thing or a big thing, to say, God, I want to be ready. But this one's more intentional here, and it's, it, it, it's along with the first one. Don't just look to serve in reaction, and that's good, but be proactive. That means God, I know it's important to you that I serve, and I know there's a bazillion places and people and situations that need service. Where do you want me? Because I'm going to choose to do that, and it's going to be here at church. It's going to be in the community, but I want to make sure important service is done because it helps others, and it helps stretch me, and it helps me. It's a win-win-win thing, and I get to start being more like Jesus. So you decide to help to make sure that your Jesus serving happens because we always know that it It'll happen down the road, but is it going to happen today? Is it going to happen this week? Well, I'm going to determine, I'm going to be proactive to make sure that it happens. We see Jesus himself modeling this. He reacts to situations around him and serves all the time, but we get a chance to see him be proactive with this service in cases like when he chooses to wash the disciples' feet and a, a number of other times when Jesus looks and says, I am going to serve here and I'm going to serve there because this is who I am and this is this is what I want to model for others. He wants to make it happen. And so I think for you, there's opportunities. I think of, as I thought through this, I think of our jail ministry, and I see our beautiful leaders over here, Mike and Janine, that are going to be not happy that I pointed them out. But we have jail ministry. We're in Wayne Brown every single Friday. We have a team that's gotten smaller, and, uh, and we honestly are looking for people to go in to do that. And it's, it's Friday for a couple of hours, really. And even if it wasn't every Friday, but what a help to be able to go in. It has had massive impact. And uh, folks, there's a chance where you could say, I, I could maybe do that. I mean, I'm not really sure what jail means. I mean, I know what it means, but going into the jail, what that looks like. But, but I, could, I, could, I could maybe make that happen. I could look into that. Maybe it's helping with students or kids weekly or every other week or every other month, whatever that might do. But you know what? Our young people, investing in young people is huge. We all think, we all believe that conceptually. But what about for you? You could help with at-risk students. You could help at one of our, our partner organizations, Interfaith Food Ministry, or, or A New Day, or so many others. Here's the deal. You choose to serve, and you, and you say, I'm going to serve because this is important. Not just one day this will make sense. This isn't a serve fair today where you can sign up for 42 different things. We do that once or twice a year, and you get to check boxes, and then people call you and hope they reach you and all that. That's not it. You get to make it happen today. You get to make it happen. This is real life, and, uh, and, uh, and so you be proactive to serve. You make the phone call. You pursue those people to get involved in service. If you're interested in the jail ministry, right? I'm interested in jail ministry in the back of the card, and you better believe that you'll get contacted here pretty quick about that or any of the other things that might be around you that the Lord might tug at your heart. But if you don't do it today, why do you think you're going to do it next week or the next week or the next week? Well, my life will get more sane. Oh, Really? And y'all are laughing because you know how that goes, right? I've got to tell you, I'm being more and more aware of service. So even this week, I had a chance to be involved in our vacation Bible school with hundreds of these kids. And I just love that and nodding heads. And I just have a great time with that. But we had over 100 people from Twin Cities Church involved every single day to make that happen. And I thought... Well done, good and faithful servants. You're giving of your time, your energy. Some are retired, some are not. It's busy people here because they believe in what God is doing. What a great thing. And I say thank you to all of you. I think about yesterday in the large memorial service, a celebration of life service we had here yesterday, and the dozens and dozens and dozens of people who 
cheerfully and willingly showed up and spent hours serving just because they could. They choose to be on that team and they choose to be here to serve people in need. So I just want to say thank you for doing that proactive servants, those of you that have been involved. I applaud you and we as a church appreciate you. We exist because of you and each one of us are called to be in a place like that. I want to encourage you there. Well, third, being a servant means that you serve in areas of giftedness. And sorry, folks, what's it say? What? Non-giftedness. Darn it. You see, it says in Romans 12, verses 6 to 7, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. And I love this verse and used to love it more because it tells those with the spiritual gift of service to serve. And I don't have the spiritual gift of service. Sweet, I'm off the hook. Aren't I? Come on, those of you with the spiritual gift of service, get busy. Doesn't sound right, does it? Oh, those of you with the spiritual gift of service, please do get busy. Oh my goodness, you're never going to be more fulfilled and never going to be more used. And God uses your service, I got to be honest, even better than mine because, ah, the Holy Spirit is so active and present in that. It doesn't get me off the hook. You see... There's, this verse tells us to use, this verse tells us to use our gifts to serve others, but all the other verses in the Bible tell us to serve, whether serving is your gift or not, right? Never does God say, "Don't bother to do that because it's not. You don't have to be compassionate because you don't have the gift of compassion. You don't have to serve because you don't. And never does it say that. Oh, by all means, do what you do. But I got to be honest, I see people with the gift of service serve with such joy and such consistency that frankly, I'll be honest, it intimidates me. Now, I know sometimes some of you say to us as pastors, boy, it intimidates me how you can stand up in front and speak and whatever else. Okay, that's a, it's, it's a gift. It's a, it's a gift. I'm intimidated by seeing some of you that just serve at the drop of a hat because I'm like, my heart isn't there. I feel like I've got this little puny heart that's so self-absorbed that I'm not, I'm not jumping to serve like some of you do. Oh, my goodness, I'm so inadequate because you do it so well and with such grace. But here's the deal. You get a lot done and you serve the kingdom, and it also encourages me and inspires me to do more even without that gift. I'm encouraged and inspired to, to try to go there. And I started thinking, and they're going to hate that I say this, but I think of a Nancy Martin, and I think of Bill Moore, and I think of Doyle Coker, and I think of Judy Wade. I know at least Judy's here. And they're all going, oh, don't mention my name. But I, some of the names that, that I just, every time I see them, I, I don't usually see them because they're so busy serving. And every time we have an event, some of these people are at every event. How do you do this? You know, I don't even want to be at all these events. You're here, not only here, but you're serving. You're here before me. You're, you stay after me. It's awesome. But see, these are amazing gifted servants. I'm grateful for them. And I am, and I realize they're, they're gifted in ways that I'm not. But I'm also, I'm also called to imitate them. I am. I, I can be more like them. And so I just want to ask, can you be inspired to serve today? Yes, if it's your giftedness, then let it rip, right? I mean, that's it. God calls us to do that. But if not, realize that all those servants who serve so beautifully and faithfully, they do it not just to get the job done, but to show the rest of us how it's done the way Jesus does it. So that we can say, I can be a little bit more like that. I will never be a Nancy Martin. I mean, I just, I, I, I will never just at the drop of a hat, dive in and do that next thing. But I can take a step towards that and I can dive into the serving pool today a little bit more and a little bit more wholeheartedly because I see her and others and so many of you here do that. 
by the way, it's, it's all the studies that I've read, and I've seen it to be true too, the most commonly occurring, doesn't mean it's common, but the most frequently occurring spiritual gift is the spiritual gift of serving. Because God looks around and goes, boy, we need a lot of serving. There's a lot to be done. Let's give the spiritual gift of service. Holy Spirit comes in and gives that because there's a lot to be done. But all of us are called to serve. Fourth, being a servant means that we serve cheerfully, wholeheartedly. And here it's about the attitude as we serve, and we kind of shift gears a little bit, the fact that we're doing it and that we're doing it. I'm inspired to do it. But in Ephesians 6, 7, it says, serve wholeheartedly, and this will help your attitude, as if you were serving the Lord, not people. Oh, that makes it easier for me. Because there are some people I flat, I just don't want to serve. <laughs> right? I mean, gee, he, he don't deserve my service. Jesus, oh my goodness, I'm on my hands and knees, and I'm scrubbing the floor. Jesus, what else do you want me to do, right? Jesus says, that's what I want you to do. You're serving them as if you're serving me because you are serving me. Serve wholeheartedly. And I think back to just a week ago, I was coming out of a market or something or some, some business that I was, and, and I, I'm one who tried, my parents raised me right. Thanks, mom and dad. They're here somewhere. There they are. I hold doors open for people, certainly for women, but for people. And, um, and this is one, though, that I go to the door and I start walking. And these people are like, it's an elderly couple, but they're, they're a few steps away. It's way beyond that wait at the door. I've, I've let the door go. And I take a step and I just stop and I go, God's helping me aware of being serviced. Go back. And I open that door with a big smile. Oh, my gosh, they want me to open the door for them. No, big, big smile. The lady, her face lights up. She goes through the door like a queen, stops and looks back. I mean, thank you so much, young man. <laughs> and I said, I'm so happy to do it. God bless you today. And her smile got bigger, and she says, God bless you too. She goes inside, and I thought, I just made that lady's day. This young man, because she was older than me, this young man didn't just conveniently open the door. I actually came and, and opened the door and served her with a great attitude. And I thought, what did that cost me? I got to open the door for Jesus. I did. I opened the door for Jesus. Jesus, can I hold the door for you? And, and even went back to do that. And I thought, gosh, these little things make such big differences. Why don't I do more of this? I got to be more aware because if you're like me and not gifted in this, it's awareness that's going to help in this process. More often than not, for me, and I'll bring my kids to this, into this as well at home, we serve doing like household work with not the best attitude always, right? A little bit of a sullen attitude, maybe grumbling over our breath, under our breath. See how I drag my kids into this so it's not just about me? <laughs> I'll leave them out. No, I won't. Well, anyway, it, it drives my wife Debbie crazy sometimes where she might even say to the kids certainly but it might overlap to me if you can't serve with a great attitude then don't bother serving at all you should serve with you know and even God would say with a great attitude well that may sound great but a whole lot less work would get done you know if the, if the kids or I were to say well I just don't have a great attitude so I really shouldn't serve today I shouldn't do the laundry. I shouldn't, you know, I just, my attitude's off. I need to, that sounds great, but it, not much could get done. And Debbie would have that much more to do herself. And then her attitude would be threatened, right? I have to be honest, she serves much better than I do. As I mentioned, it's her primary love language. And, and uh, or if I didn't mention, I mentioned it to her now. So she's, she's, that's her love language right there. That helps me serve her better 
because I know that she's receiving love through my service. But um, here's the deal. I, I can't serve until my attitude gets better. I don't think that's what God wants. <laughs> you know, God would have you just start serving now and choose joy as you serve. You choose joy. I'm doing this because I'm serving the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm going to do it with the right attitude. So fix your attitude and see that you're actually serving again the King of Kings and give him your whole heart even as you serve others. You don't wait to feel like it. You don't wait till you're cheery. You do it. Even as I opened that door, I told you I did it with a smile, but as she went through and we had this little God bless you, I mean, I left like really cheerful and wholehearted. I'm going to even do that again. <laughs> Hopefully, right? Well, next, being a servant means that we serve the least of these, not just the feel-good people and situations. We serve the least of these. And what do I mean by the least of these? Jesus told a story um, of a day of final judgment where Jesus sits as king. And it's in Matthew 25. And I, I printed one verse. And the more I thought about it, I thought, I'm going to read this rather than tell the story. Um, there's, so there's only one verse of it at the end of the story that's in your slides in the outline. But I want to read the whole passage. It's starting at Matthew 25, verse 34. So the king is Jesus. And it says, Then the king will come to those on his right and say, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Jesus says, For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. Does this sound familiar to some of you? I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Oh, come on in. And then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? And when did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and, and go to visit you? I don't remember those things. And and here's the verse on your outline. And this is Jesus speaking, saying, The king will reply, Truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. That's where that least of these phrase comes from, that concept. The, the least of these. Jesus said, Not just the things that you do for the high and the mighty, those that say thank you and those that, can, that you can benefit from by serving where you get the tips and, the, and you earn the brownie points. They aren't the important people, the attractive people, the, the people who you know well maybe and who recognize you and prop you up. These are the people who aren't glamorous. You aren't going to earn brownie points. Some may not even thank you. Some may not even appreciate you for serving them. So th those are the people we're called to serve. It's hard, but it's real. I'm going to serve. Does that person... Are they going to like me for that? Who cares? The least of these is I'm, I'm, Jesus says, what you did for the least of these, you did for me. They may not even be aware that you served them. Jesus is. Jesus is, and he invites you in. Finally, being a servant means, um, and this one became big for me. Finally, being a servant, it's a big paradigm shift. Don't just look to serve more and better. Mow better. Determine to become a servant. This is a, a paradigm. You understand the word paradigm? I think most of us do, but it's a, the way we see life, the way we frame things. It's our concept of life, our, our viewing pattern. And this is a paradigm shift that this is what has been most helpful for me that kind of encapsulates everything that we've talked about here. Because... I don't want to just look to serve more and better, although that's what we've been talking about, serving more wholeheartedly, serving proactively, serving reactively, all these sorts of things. 
Most of us today, after listening, we decide we're going to serve more and we're going to serve better. And we're even going to trust the Holy Spirit to motivate us and prompt us and empower us and all that stuff. In other words, God, I can't do it on my own. Holy Spirit, I need, your, I need you to make me aware. I need you to empower me, all those things. And that's awesome. But we live with the wrong paradigm, with the wrong perspective. I, I think if we think we want to serve more and serve better, the better idea is instead of serving better, become a servant. Does that make sense? And, and I grabbed a couple of things here. It's kind of the idea of like, here's my servant's house, got kitties on it. Because <laughs> it's my house. If you knew anything about it, you'd, we have cats. I got to clean the kitty box this morning before I came to church. <laughs> Just dawned on me. No one else was up. I chose to do that. Thank you, Lord. See, I am growing. <laughs> and we have more than one kitty box. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> I get a chance to serve. I look and I grab my towel, which proactively, reactively, I carried my towel with me, but I get a chance to serve and open the door after you, man, right? And I get rid of the towel. Oh, I get a chance to serve, and I do this. And this isn't bad. You get what I'm saying? And we throw the towel over our shoulder to work. But we pick up our towel to serve, and we do our thing, and then we move on go on with our real life. And I think that makes great sense. But this point of, um, this point of identity here, I forget my notes, is this. I can't remember where I wrote this down. If instead of picking up the towel and up and down the towel, put the towel up, pick it up, window, put it up, what if in the morning I got up and said, God, make me aware of service opportunities today, but you know what, God, I'm going to today, I'm just putting this dude on. I don't have the spiritual gift of service. I'm not thinking. I, this is not because I'm going out for a serve day today with the church. I'm going to go serve our community, which, by the way, is an awesome event, and you should do it every year. But there we go. I'm just wearing this today. Now, if I were to wear this all day today, if you were to wear it all day today, and sure, John, he's talking figuratively. Am I? If I were to physically wear this all day, first of all, I'd get a lot of strange looks. But I would be aware that it's on all the time. It's kind of in the way, and, it, and it's kind of weird. I mean, it's not weird, but it's weird. <laughs> I'm wearing it because I'm a servant. Not because I'm going to serve off and on today when given the chance. I'm wearing it because I am a servant. You're going to see that I'm a servant. God's going to see that I'm a servant. I'm going to see that I'm a servant. So when I get chances to serve, of course I'm going to do it because I am a servant. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's the paradigm shift for me. Ooh, God, give me a chance or some chances to serve today. Me with my spiritual gift of exhortation. Me with my spiritual gift of some, whether it's leadership or teaching or mercy or all the what this there, God. So and I want to serve some too. Jesus didn't do that. Jesus spoke here, and in Philippians, it talks about Jesus. says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, talking about Jesus, though he was in the form of God, in other words, he continued to be God, he did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped. When he took on the form of man, it talks about it. He emptied himself, and we've, we've spent some time in other messages talking about this, but by taking the form of a servant... Being born in the likeness of man. Jesus didn't just serve. He took the form of a servant. Jesus couldn't not serve because as a servant, that's what you do. You're a servant, so you serve. If you don't serve, you're not a servant. And so this is the picture I guess I want to leave you with today. And, and instead of grabbing the towel and you need to choose to serve and up and down as God, can I figuratively or literally put my apron on today and say, that's who I am today. And maybe just maybe I don't think I'll sleep in it, but maybe just maybe I'll put on a fresh clean one tomorrow. 
Because it might take this for me to become a servant. Some of you are, are this way just because that's God's gifted you with that, and that's so awesome. I want to be more like you. You're my heroes. For those of us that, those of you out there that might be like me, online or one of our other little church venues or, or here today, maybe April makes some sense. The paradigm shift of not just, I'm going to serve more, I'm going to serve better. I'm going to become a servant in identity. Let's pray together. God, we got a chance to see today a little bit more of what it means in your mind to be a servant. I, uh, thank you for growing this in me, Lord. I can get frustrated at myself that it doesn't happen more, Lord, but I thank you that I see growth, and I, I pray that you'd make that available for each one of us, God, that you'd prompt us, that you'd empower us, Holy Spirit. I thank you for those here that have that spiritual gift of service that are just wired that way, God, that, that you make them just nothing gives them more joy than serving. Thank you that they get so much done, and they model such a beautiful way of doing things. But God, I want that to be more of me. I, I want to be more like Jesus, and I want to be I want to be a servant. Father, I just pray for, for anybody here as we talk about this concept of freedom that you give us in Jesus. Thank you for that freedom. Lord, there's people here today that don't know that freedom because they don't know you, and, and you can simply put your faith and trust in Jesus today and receive that freedom so that you are then empowered to choose to serve others with all the joy that Jesus has and had and gives you. God, we just want to become a little bit more like Jesus today. Lead us. In your way, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen.